0: From the EPR Creations studio, this is Jason Staples, bringing you Unconquered with Doc Staples. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by EPR Creations, by Lewis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, by Shenandoah Real Estate in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, by Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and by my newest advertising partner, Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage. As always, information's in the show notes. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast with Doc Staples. Welcome to the Hot Takes Edition after Florida State blows by Syracuse 41 to 3. And yet again, this was this was a very uneven performance by Florida State. Defensively, it was it was dominant. Uh, defensively they they handled their business gave up 261 total yards and I said in the preview that the uh, that really if they did their business in this one that the average yards per play should start with a 3 and 3.9 yards per play in this game. I mean they took care of business on that side of the ball. There's really not a whole lot to to talk about really on that side of the ball. I mean they they just they got after things. I mean, you look at the the main thing that we talked about in the pregame was Garrett Schrader, his legs were the primary threat for this team and that you know if you let him get out with his and and run the football and be a dual threat that that would be where you could potentially have some problems seven carries for minus 10 that that's pretty much the ball game right there because they couldn't throw it 9 of 21 for 99 yards and i mean they they got a, a few nice throw a few nice throws to uh, to a couple nice throws to Damian Alford their their big Six five, six four wide receiver. Couple nice, nice plays there down the field. Beyond that, they really didn't threaten Florida State in any way in the passing game. Now, I did gain more respect for LaQuint Allen, the, uh, the 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 back. He ran really hard in this game. Nineteen carries for 110 yards. Had along a long of 27. Averaged 5.8 yards per carry. And that that that's if you're going to criticize this game on the on the defensive side of the ball. That's where you do it is there were there were too many times where basically Allen was able to find some space and create a, a, a positive play for the offense when it wasn't necessarily blocked that well. But, you know, he was just able to find some space. He's a good back and ran really hard and they just did not do a great job uh, getting him on the ground at different points. Just a couple key broken tackles. I mean, you talk about the one short yardage conversion where they just, you know, Deloach just didn't take the right angle, didn't quite get the, get his arms around him. And, and, you know, he was a load, he was hard, hard to tackle and they needed to do a better job there. I mean, if, if Syracuse had any other threats in this game, then because of how well Allen ran it, they'd have had some chances to do some things, but basically they were completely one-dimensional and you know you look at the at the overall carries for him two eight three six five zero eight zero three one five four two six twenty seven zero four one twenty five and that twenty five is in the in the fourth quarter you know that's you take away the 27 and the 25 is really what you need to do in this game and all of a sudden everything looks very different i mean you're talking about 52 fewer yards and you feel pretty good about the number of under say 5 or under 4 yard plays are in there but but i do think that they that's one thing that when they go back to the tape they're going to want to tighten up just a little bit is just some of the the little bit of leakiness that was there against the run but beyond that i mean defensively you can't really complain about a whole lot you know you you go through the list and sack adjusted rushing yardage overall 4.4 yards per carry that's the one you you want to you want to touch on as okay still some room to improve but sack adjusted yards per pass attempt 3.4 yards per attempt passing uh yeah that's that's on the elite side even against a team that you know doesn't present a, a big threat in the passing game FSU secondary and, and pass rush were just flat out suffocating in this game. And they came out determined not to allow significant plays. And and that's what they did. And yeah, bravo hat tip to the defense. Helmet stickers across the board in the secondary, by and large. and uh, And very good from the pass rush on the whole. I mean, Jared Verse. Peyton had a couple that, that he got in there. He didn't get sacks, but got his hand on the football. Some farmer with the big force fumble. A uh, lot of guys that were able to do some things there. But yeah, I mean, I think this was a pretty toothless Syracuse offense, given all the injuries and things that they've had. And and I think their objective was just to survive this game and get to where they can hopefully, against the rest of their schedule, get bowl eligible. And that's that's kind of how they called this game. And uh, I think they managed to basically do that. Now, let's go ahead and flip over to the offensive side of the ball. Just take a quick pause. And it's really on the offensive side of the ball where there's still just more to to break down and more to, to improve for this offense. I mean, obviously, Keon Coleman is special. And you know, I thought it was funny that after the game, uh, Dino Babers commented on Coleman and said, something to the effect of when God made him, he was showing off a little bit and yeah, that the first catch in this game, the, the, the catch, I guess there's the second catch, the, the one over the middle, one handed. It's just absolutely unreal to see a guy do that, especially going over the middle uh, to elevate in one hand that with contact, just spectacular nine catches, 140 yards, touchdown plus long punt return plus another punt return that got called back I honestly like to see them take him off punt return when you get up by enough and in, into the later stages of games but you know that's just me but yeah I mean he he was absolutely the difference in this game you put him on Syracuse and all of a sudden Syracuse is uh is at least given threatening Florida State in terms of the running game and with him doing what he did there was just no chance and and you know basically the difference in the game there but as far as the rest of the offense it just they just could not seem uh, for for those of you who who've either driven a manual transmission car or have one of those cars where you you know you have the the plus and the minus there it's an automatic but you can kind of get it slid over and do the plus and the minus things so you're you're sort of a quasi manual transmission this offense feels like it's just not getting out of second gear. Sometimes maybe into third gear, but they just have not managed to figure out how to downshift and get that final acceleration and get up to speed so that they're driving smoothly. I mean, this offense is just not quite there. And it, it's frustrating to watch because you know what they're capable of due to certain stretches of play where everything just clicks and then you have long stretches where it just doesn't and that's the frustrating thing you 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 watch them and you go man what is it that's just not quite computing that's not that's that's missing and i think some of it is just the overall lack of consistency in both the, the running game and the passing game i mean Trey Benson yeah you know on the on the whole a pretty good day you know averaging 5 point3 yards per carry on 14 carries but go let's go down his list of runs three yards two yards four yards one yard 19 yards two yards five yards seven yards 14 yards okay getting into a rhythm five yards three yards four yards two yards three yards there's just a lot of shorter runs in there there's not a whole lot of just starting to to lean on a team and and getting you know breaking off the seven eight ten yard runs with any sort of consistency and you see the same sort of thing with you know the other backs on the roster by and large although I I, I do think we've gotten to the place where you know Kaziah Holmes might have earned a little bit more time you know I, I think I think that's a guy I'd like to see get a few more carries when things matter a little bit more uh but that lack of consistency is is a, is a core thing and it starts up front and it extends to the backs as well uh, the other thing is that when you when you look at the passing game it's just a little bit too inconsistent there's too, for one there's too many drops Jaheim Bell had one or two in this game i think Coleman might have had one uh, there was at least one other one. I think they had four in the first half. And, you know, Trey Benson had three in this game, three drops. And you go, you know, one of them is a touchdown. It's it's just that, and I think drops have been an under underappreciated element of the story in terms of this offense not fully a- achieving its its goals are not fully getting to its expected level of of dominance and consistency on the season they just have dropped too many balls and then when they haven't dropped him there's been just a few misses from from Travis and I thought he was good overall on the day I did find it sort of interesting that just as they were talking about the The reason, you know, how it it didn't seem right that uh, that he's not as well regarded on NFL draft boards as some of the other high profile college quarterbacks. Just as they were talking about that, he airmailed a throw to a short, a quick out throw, short throw to the sideline. And it just had me thinking, well, that is case in point of why there is that difference right now. Is. You know, your guys like Michael Penix or Drake May or Caleb Williams, that's a routine completion and nothing is completely routine. And I think actually that's the way to think about it right now that for this Florida State offense, nothing is completely routine yet to where you go, okay, they can just pitch and catch and that's just easy stuff. Let's just wow. That's they just make that look easy and they just aren't quite there yet. Now, the crazy thing is they just scored 41 points in this game while never looking like they made it out of second gear, third gear at best. And while never making things look routine, it was just they've got that many dudes. I mean, when Jaheem Bell caught the one, what, the 39 yarder that he had and took off, I mean, he very nearly scored on that. And when he when he caught that and took off you could see like wow that guy is absolutely dynamic at that size and then of course keon coleman doing keon coleman things Destin hill got his hands on the ball a couple times didn't really get to flash the athleticism that you that you would kind of expect darian williamson with two catches for 23 yards the 119 yarder you could kind of see the acceleration and all of that at that size hakeem williams (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, we could talk about Hakeem Williams for a while now. Um, that, that 44-yard touchdown definitely flashed why he was a five-star prospect, didn't it? I mean, you you look at that guy on that play and you go, yeah, that that's what a dynamic young wide receiver looks like. I mean, just that's a dude. And he's just... He's just scratching the surface, just absolutely scratching the surface. But for a guy being, you know, 6'3", I think he's every bit of 215, might be 220 right now. And looking like that in the open field, (laughs) just give him time. I mean, that's Andre Johnson type athleticism and size. And then, you know, Toefili with the long run, they just... Numerous playmakers, and that's not to mention also Travis finding ways to get, you know, get his his legs involved and and making a really, really nice deep throw to, to Coleman. I mean, there are all sorts of places where this this offense is just. Over and over again, they just have better players and they do it. And, you know, Mike Norvell markets this. This is an offense built for playmakers and they find ways to get the ball in the hand of their playmakers and give them chances to make big plays. And it is a big play offense where you see all that. Nevertheless, it's an offense where just a dose of a little bit more consistency, and this game's silly out of reach early. You know, it should have been, it was what, 17 to 3 at the at the half. It should have been 31 or 38 to three. You had the one fumble recovery down inside the what six yard line. You don't score. Have a couple opportunities to score. You get another trip down down in there and you don't score. And then you get another and you get stopped and, and kick a field goal. So I mean that's that's thirty one to thirty one to three at least where it should have been. If you just execute in a couple of those situations and they just didn't execute and that's where they are right now, you know, you get the Jaheim bell run between the tackles, just not, not, you have multiple guys, not making their block. You've got bell kind of missing that a little bit. I think the play call itself is a little bit questionable. I think you could see Jordan Travis, a little frustrated, with that particular call. There's just a certain amount of disjointedness and inconsistency that's kind of baked in right now that they have to figure out. And they're going to be going against the defense this, this next week. That's a pretty good one that you're going to have to actually play well to, to have success against that Duke defense is legitimately good. And you're going to have to execute better against them. But, and and that's a Duke team that's, Really, one of maybe three teams remaining on the schedule that you say, okay, you know, that's a team that if everything goes right for them and you get a couple turnovers and and Florida State just continues to struggle with consistency and whatnot, that team could potentially beat them. Duke is one, Miami's another, and of course, Florida has enough talent that if everything gets put together and all that falls right, then sure, they could potentially do it. But yeah, I mean, they're going to have to find ways to get a little more consistent. And, and I think that starts up front with the offensive line. I, you know, the most frustrating part of this game, of course, was Robert Scott coming in at left tackle toward the end of the, of the first half and then immediately getting beat on a three man rush and giving up the edge. And Jordan Travis got got dinged up. And you can't have that. You can't have that happening. And it's discouraging when you, when you watch him. I mean, Robert Scott is clearly still not where he needs to be physically in order to, to basically help this team the way that you would want. And that's been a significant loss on the season. I mean, coming into the season, you felt like you had really two high-level starters with him and Bless Harris on, on, at the tackles, and then you could move Byers inside and be excellent across the board on the offensive line. And instead, one of your starting tackles is basically not able to go. He just is, it's kind of a lost year for him so far. He's not physically ready, not able to, not able to play. And in consequence, you're not as good at, at two positions rather than one. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a factor you have to think about going forward. And, you know, once bless Harris gets back, I I do think that helps solidify some things, but you do have to have some depth there. You do have to continue to to work through that. One positive when the, the twos came on and you saw Julian Armella at right tackle where I think he fits a lot better and some of those some of those guys across the board, those twos looked good. They're, that's going to be a solid group next year. And you can see the overall talent level increase when the twos come on. They're just young. They're just not quite ready. But the, the movement and the size and all of that, you can see those puppies are going to be pretty good when they get older. That's, that's a group that'll, that'll probably bite you. You know, puppy pup, when you bite you, if he doesn't bite, bite as a puppy, probably won't bite as a dog. Well, I think that's a group that's going to potentially bite. Anyway, I mean, I think overall, this is kind of what was expected. I mean, my projected score was what? 45 to 10, 41 to three is right in that ballpark. But really, this this game should have been something like 58-3. to And that's the difference right now between where Florida State is, where they they are a a team that is very talented, capable of dominating in stretches, but just not quite consistent enough to be the absolutely dominant team that they should be. Question is when or if they're going to quite turn that corner I do think it starts up front I think it continues down to more consistency in the passing game and, and that means especially fewer drops from some of those core guys just too many drops that cost them first downs and drives deal with that stuff and I think they're in a position to continue to move forward but like I said I mean you get past Duke this week and and you should you should be able to get past this Duke team this week you get past Duke this week and really it's the Miami game that is the only one that I think you really are playing a team that has the players to to challenge you unless you beat yourself. So there's a lot of opportunities left for this team to figure it out and gain the success to make things in the consistency to make enough look routine that when the big play isn't happening, they're still moving the football. I think right now this team is too big play dependent. That's what they're going to have to continue to build on and continue to work on is getting more consistent and getting to where they can make the the routine look routine with greater consistency. That is where they need to be. If I keep going on, I'm just going to keep harping on that. So I'm going to wrap here uh, because of the ACC network having the end zone view. This will be a really fun one to, to go back and review once more. Uh, and I'll have more to talk about, I think, on the uh second thoughts podcast with respect to that and hopefully i can get a uh, i can get that isolated as well for some of the uh the film session stuff that i'm going to be doing via patreon this week but uh but yeah lots to look forward to this week and this is a team that's just got to be ready to play against a i think a legitimately good duke team next week and a team that defensively is better than than the last couple that you've played all right that'll do talk to you all in a couple days If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to podcasts, post and repost episodes on social media, and tell a friend. And if you haven't left a review in a while, do it again. It really does help the visibility of the podcast. Before we go, I'd also like to thank my advertising partners once more. That's EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Real Estate, in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage, serving Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky. You can also stop by the Unconquered shop at unconqueredpodcast.com, where you can buy stickers, pins, magnets, t shirts, and other swag. And thanks also to all those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast. I am especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Neil Cook, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Dave Blair, Hector Cartagena, Jack Horton, Jimmy Van, Jonathan Kennedy, Keith Cheney, Lee Caswell, Tyler Kashishke, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. You all are far more generous than I deserve. I'm really grateful. Thanks to you all. This has been Unconquered with Doc Staples. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I made this.